Welcome everyone to Tour Today Ministries and our continuing series called Pardon My Jargon, Correcting Our Religious Lingo. And normally I do one word at a time, uh, but this week we're doing two words based on a verse where they're both found together. It just seemed fitting to go ahead and, and cover both of these. Uh, but with that said, I had not planned to cover these two words at all, but uh, friends recently suggested to me that I do them, so I'm killing two birds with one stone. So let's take a look at that verse I mentioned. It's in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in the heavenly calling, consider Yeshua, the apostle and high priest of our confession. Now, I, I know we're used to thinking of Yeshua as our high priest, our spiritual high priest. But did you ever think of him as an apostle? And why is the writer putting these two together? Why does he say apostle and high priest and not say Messiah and Savior? Why did he pick these two terms? And we're going to find out in a moment the reason he picked these two terms is because in many ways they are the opposites of one another. So let's dive right in. Let's take a look at the Hebrew word and the Greek word that lie behind the word apostle. Now in Hebrew, the root word, the verb is shalak, shalak, which is a word that simply means to send forth. And in both Hebrew and Greek, nouns tend to grow out of verb roots. So that's why I'm giving you the verb first. So shalak means to send forth. And the noun, the person that's sent forth or the thing sent forth is called the shaliak. You may hear this term in some of the Jewish community today because uh, Israel has a program where they send um, uh, citizens from Israel, usually a husband and a wife, to cities in the United States, and they send them as shiliachs. And they'll go to a city and they'll speak in the synagogues, they'll speak in the schools, they'll answer questions about Israel and Israeli culture and the politics and, and foods and everything else. And it's just a, like an ambassadorship program. Now, the Greek word that uh, lies behind the word apostle is the word apostello, which is the verb which means to send forth on an official errand, to send forth in some official capacity. And the person who sent forth is called the apostolos. And of course, that's where we get our word apostle. Now, though I have these two words side by side, they don't really mean exactly the same thing. The word apostello is a very official whereas the word shalak can refer to sending forth almost anything. In fact, the first time we find the word shalak is in Genesis 3, verses 22 and 23. The Nadonai God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he shalak his hand, send forth his hand, and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. And then it goes on in verse 23. Therefore, Adonai God, shalak, he sent him from the garden. So this is why in some English translations, you'll hear these odd figures of speech. He sent forth his hand and grasped whatever. And you know that's the word shalak that lies behind that phrase. 
shalak is also the word used of Noah when sitting out the raven and the dove in Genesis chapter 10. So shalak is not necessarily some official kind of sending forth. It's just sending something forth, reaching out. But the Greek word apostello is much more official. And you could almost think of the word apostello or apostolos as being an emissary, an ambassador. And that might be the better translation because apostles become one of those religious words that we use all the time, but um, we may not, not actually understand what it means. Um, with that said, let me, um, let me add to this. I'm not sure if apostles actually exist today. I know this is a big question that uh, you hear discussed in the, in the redeemed community. And I know that there are some churches that claim to be led by an official apostle. And maybe so. And I'll be right up front with you. I don't know. I've never met an, an apostle. And if I have, I didn't know he was one. But uh, the word apostle is something that is very unique in Scripture. And there are books written about this because it can be kind of a difficult word to understand the way it is used throughout Scripture. So let's just keep it simple and say it is someone who is sent forth on an official errand. But as the title apostle is used in Scripture, it seems to be something a bit more. It's a little foggy. So I'm going to keep this teaching as simple as possible. I know I'm giving you kind of just big picture ideas of what these words are. But if you want to drill down more and get more complex, please be my guest. Also, you may notice that the word apostle and the word epistle sound much alike. An epistle is a, an official letter that someone sends, and it comes from the same root. So the apostle might send forth an epistle, and, uh, but they both crumb, come from this Greek root, apostello. Now let's move on to the word priest. And the same thing with the word priest. The Hebrew word for priest and the Greek word for priest don't mean quite the same thing. And even though in the Septuagint, that's the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures, the word apostello is used over and over and over again to translate the word shalak. Uh, we also see this Greek word yerus, yerus used to translate the word kohen. But they don't mean exactly the same thing. It would appear that the Greek word yerus is maybe a religious word. But with that said, it is a word that was understood and used by everyone in the ancient world. They all understood what a hieros was. And priests were found throughout the Greek culture, the pagan culture, throughout the world. I don't think there's an ancient or primitive culture anywhere on earth that doesn't have priests. So... Maybe it's not a religious word after all, since it is so completely universal. But the word koan is a little different. A koan is not a religious word. And 
It's also a verb, whereas the Greek word hierus is not a verb. You can't say that uh, I'm going to do some priesting today or someone is going to be priesting for the next couple of weeks. But the word kohan can be used that way. For example, Leviticus 16.32 says, And the kohen, the priest who is anointed and consecrated to serve as priest. That is all one word in Hebrew. It's the word le kohen. So the priest who is anointed and consecrated to priest in his father's place. So it's a verb. And almost all the time you find the word kohen, it's referring to a Levitical priest. Not always, but almost always. But we get a glimpse into the heart of what this word really means. And it really means to serve. But it means to serve by leading. And that is what a Levitical priest was. He served by leading. I want to stop there for a moment. The scriptures refer to us as believers, as a kingdom of priests. And some people I've met, they like to lead, but they don't like to serve. And there are others who like to serve, but they really refrain from leadership. That's kind of me. I don't mind serving. I don't like being in leadership. But you know what? If you're truly going to serve people and God calls you to lead, you need to lead. And if you're going to be leading people, the way you lead them is by serving them to make them successful and to help them come to the full goal of what it is they're trying to accomplish with their lives. And the way we can see that this word is not a religious word is by going to 2 Samuel 8, 18. It says, And Benaiah the son of Jehoiada was over the Kerethites, and the Pelethites. Now here's the key phrase. And David's sons were priests. And the word that is used there is Kohanim. You see the problem? Priests could only be from the tribe of Levi. David was from the tribe of Judah. You can't be from the tribe of Judah and serve in the tabernacle or in the temple as a Kohen. Yet it says here, David's sons were Kohanim. When you read a, per, a verse like this, that means you need to redefine, you need to go back and rethink what you think you know about a word. And what we see from this is that Kohanim, the word itself, the essence of the word is simply to serve, but in an official capacity to some degree, but mainly to serve by leading. And that's what David's sons did. They served the people by leading them. And they saw their leadership, as David saw his leadership, as being a servant to the people. Remember, David was a shepherd. And a shepherd leads his sheep through service. And when he leads his sheep to pasture, it's for the sake of service. And when he leads his sheep away from pasture into the sheepfold, it's for the sake of serving them and protecting them. Everything the shepherd does as he lays down his life for the sheep is serving the sheep. That's what makes him a shepherd. And if only 
people who call themselves believers and leaders would recognize the way we lead is through service. And unless we're truly serving the people we claim to be leading, our leadership can be very damaging and dangerous. Now, I want to get back to that original verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 3.1. Because this verse takes the word uh, apostolos and the word yerus, or we would say the shaliach and the kohen, in this case, the Kohen Hagadol, the high priest, and puts them together in one verse and says, Yeshua is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. This verse is key to understanding the words of Yeshua. It is so key. I remember as I would study the scriptures, I would read verses where Yeshua is speaking and he seems to be speaking merely as a man. And then there would be a, a passage where he's speaking, and he's speaking as if he's divine. And it's like, how does this work? I felt like I was being jerked back and forth between viewing him one way and viewing him another way. And it's like, how can this be? And then I came across this passage, Hebrews 3.1, which gave clarity to it all. Yeshua is the apostle, which means he was sent by God on an official sending. And when an ambassador from a country speaks, it's as if that country is speaking. When Yeshua spoke, it was as if the Father himself was speaking. He was speaking this, this official capacity so when he spoke in these ways, it's as if God himself is speaking. And God was speaking through Yeshua. Let there be no doubt about that. But he was also, he was also a Kohen, which means he was a servant. And the, the Kohen is there to lead people and to lead them closer to God. One is coming from God to speak to the people. The other is from among the people to bring the people closer to God. And especially the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, as he went into the Holy of Holies once a year in Yom Kippur to uh, intercess for the people. He was there to elevate the people and, and represent them to God. So the apostle, like an ambassador, represents God to us and a priest represents us to God. We can depict this with a little graphic here. And what I'm doing here is keep this in mind. So as you're reading the words of Yeshua, you can take his words and kind of put them in one of two categories. You can put them in the category of his apostolic statements, where he is speaking as a representative of God to man. And you can also read the other sayings as his priestly statements, as he's speaking as a man, representing us and leading us toward God. I'm reminded of Jacob's dream of the ladder, where he saw the angels of God ascending and descending on the ladder. And then when you go over to John chapter 1, Yeshua says that he is that ladder. 
that ladder can elevate as well as send messengers down. So that ladder represents these two kinds of statements. Now, you'll notice in the speech bubbles, and these are just for a way of example, I've taken a passage from John 14. John 14, verses 7 through 9, and then verse 10. So let's start with verses 7 through 9. In these verses, I hear Yeshua speaking as a man who is trying to elevate people and draw them closer to God. This is what the passage says. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, how, uh, show us the Father. It is enough for us. Yeshua said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? In other words, I'm here to bring you closer to the Father. Okay? But then the next verse, verse 10 he says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. So in other words, God is speaking through me to you. So I am here as a man representing you to God to bring you closer to him. He's also in me speaking through me to you, doing his works through me. And there are so many other passages that come to mind um, where Yeshua says that he didn't come to do his own will, but to do the will of his Father. And there are other times he would speak almost as if he is God, when he says, before Abraham was, I am. The only way I know to reconcile these is to realize that he is doing both of these. He is the up escalator, the down escalator at the same time. He's the ladder by which we ascend closer to God. He's also the ladder by which God makes his presence among us and speaks to us. So Yeshua is indeed the apostle and the high priest of our confession. So I encourage you to go through um, the words of Yeshua. If you have one of those Bibles where his words are in red, it'll make it a lot easier for you. And you'll begin to label the words and begin to see very clearly how he speaks as an apostle. He, is spe he speaks also as a high priest. And hopefully this will help reconcile statements that at first blush seem contradictory and conflicting. But we realize Yeshua is fulfilling both of these roles. and He did it perfectly. So, until next time, I wish you shalom and may God bless. Until next time.